Big Fluff. It's like nine and a half weeks, but carrot top. <laughs> we were doing. Wow! I gotta check out that movie. Is it called Nine and a Half Seconds? <laughs> Like he's premature ejaculating. We got it. You know, you know what happened? This is what happened. You know what happened? He said nine and a half seconds, and I'm looking at him because I know there's more. And I wait and wait, and I see the glimmer in the eye, and then bang! But uh, what's the movie going to be called? Really? I know what it's going to be called. Yeah, what's that? If it's got Carrot Top in it, you know what a good name for it would be? What's that, Norm? Box Office Poison. I'm in it, She's on. in it. What about my career? Courtney Thorne Smith, the girl sitting to your left, is in the movie. I'm going to go see it for Courtney. Do <laughs> you scare everybody else away? No, I love this girl. I would see any movie with this girl in it. She's a beautiful lady. And, <laughs> And a talented, nice talk show guest. Okay. As evidenced by her appearance on our rival show. All right, well, there's this two-hour season finale of Melrose Place. There's this movie coming out. Yes. Title undetermined at this point. Chairman of the board. Oh, all right. Do something with that, you freak. <laughs> I, I bet the board is spelled B-O-R-E-D. I'm Joel Murphy, this is Hobo Radio, and with me, Lars Periwinkle. Hello. It's not my name, money. Oh, <laughs> uh, it seems he's written Turd Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> oh, man, Turd Ferguson. Uh, <laughs> it's a funny name. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny hat. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a big hat, it's funny. <laughs> Man, if it wasn't clear, we are going to be devoting a lot of this episode to talking about Norm MacDonald, and and there's just a little bit of business we got to take care of at the top, but man, he he didn't do a lot of impressions on SNL, but the ones he did were really amazing. Like his, I mean, everybody knows his Burt Reynolds, which was uh, fantastic, but also big fan of his David Letterman impression. Good one. That's a good one. And the underrated one that Molly and I rewatched that uh, really, like, I know really cracks her up particularly too, is his Quentin Tarantino impression. His Tarantino, he's the only one who does it, as far as I know. Like, other people do it, but it, like, it's just not effective. No, his is perfect. He, because he yeah. captures that manic, like, just 
completely nonsensical jackhammer delivery of a Quentin Tarantino interview. <laughs> totally. And as far as I know, the only person who does a uh, who does a Bob Euchre in public. Look it up, kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these days you can get arrested for doing a Bob Euchre in public. Don't do a Bob Euchre in public. Be canceled so quick. <laughs> Private time for the yeah. Bob Euchre. Yeah, save that for the bedroom for sure. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so we're going to be talking quite a bit about Norm Macdonald, but I did want to take a moment at the top to remind everyone that we only have, there's only one more show after this one before our 600th episode. It is rapidly approaching and we would very much like to hear voicemails from all of you. So we gave out this number before. I'm going to give it out again. 213 seven two four one you can call it you can leave a voicemail some people have we've gotten some very nice ones jonathan monroe has been prank calling us that's fine uh, yeah i i go to check it one day and i'm like well wow, there's like a cluster of four voicemails from the same person and then <laughs> it must was, be our audience it must be our audience like really wanting to get this perfect they're probably recording uh-huh. You know, over and over again to get it right. No, no, it's it's the Hamburglar checking in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The look, just call us, uh, call us, and and let us know, uh, let us know what uh, Hobo Radio is meant to you, or just leave, you know, fart noises or whatever. Well, maybe we want to hear, hear your beautiful farts. Maybe that's what we've meant to you is fart noises. That's possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, drop a drop a baba booey on us. Don't care. Oh, it was nice be, to hear your voice. That would be great. I would love some Baba Boo. I would honestly like I in a, excluding Jonathan, who is not on this list. I was hoping for and would kind of love a few more prank calls, if I'm really being honest. You know you just invited Jonathan to do that. I but not Jonathan. I'm okay. saying that as clearly as possible. <laughs> that ought to do it. You know what? I'm even I'm gonna fail at this because I'm gonna reward him. By, because I want, you haven't heard any of these yet, uh-huh. but I want you to know what we're dealing with. Oh. Shelby, you really want to do that before our anniversary? That's true. Yeah. Yeah, just save it. Just say, because then, you know, whatever, right? I get all horny or whatever. <laughs> 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 all right. You know, yeah, we get, we got better things to talk about. But yeah, everyone else who isn't Jonathan Monroe, and that includes Marty McGuire, uh, leave a message for us. For sure. Leave a message. I'm not I'm not doing a whole Simpsons thing. I'm not I'm not stealing from the Simpsons. Man, we should anymore. should have had you record that the voicemail greeting. That was better. I like the pipes. You like those that was, pipes. It was nice. It was good pipes. Yeah. I see. Yeah, good pipes. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice that we're still six hundred episodes still discovering new things. Yeah. Yeah, six hundred <laughs> Almost 600 episodes that we just found out I can speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure for a long time. But I'm glad. Uh, well, man, so the truth is, look, we, we've been doing this show since, what is it, 2018? Is that what we figured out? I think, or not 18, 2008. God, we're so 08, old. It was 08. It was yeah, 08, man. 2008. Uh, we've been doing this show. We're almost 600 episodes. I know that that math does not work out to 52 shows a year. It's fine. Uh, but you and I have been friends way longer than that. We have, we've known each other since high school. Mm. And I think it is fair to say 
that a large part of our friendship has involved discussing and and thinking about one Norm McDonald. It's true. It's true. I think we became friends because we had similar senses of humor or even, you know, just like comedic sensibility. Like we were always been huge comedy nerds. And um and I mean I look, there is you can watch all of Norm's stuff from back then and you can hear about it, but like the feeling of of liking Norm McDonald in the mid nineties was like no other. Like when he was just taking over Weekend Update and people didn't we none of us really knew who he was, and then all of a sudden you discover norm mcdonald and then you start to like see him on late night shows and you're like who who is this fucking like punk rock maniac yeah i i think that's the thing that you know it's i i tend to be kinder to saturday night live than i think a lot of people do i still molly and i still watch it i still usually enjoy a few sketches a year you know it, it's hit rate is maybe not as good as it was uh no, before like, but uh, after after midnight it's pointless and that shows an hour and a half long i mean well, we still we still watch it here if it wasn't for my wife i would never ever watch it but we you know she'll she'll throw it on on like a hungover sunday morning what did they do last night it was like well they did you know five minutes of comedy and 90 in a 90 minute slot but i was uh, yeah i mean they but they still are capable of doing good sketches but the thing i was gonna say is i feel like that's always been the thing that's always been kind of it's a cliche at this point but Saturday Night Live was better before you were born, was always the sense, you know, like mm -hmm. the, the the previous cast was good. We you and I were not alive to see the original cast, you know, doing original Saturday Night Live. You just heard about it and you heard how subversive and amazing it was. And I mean, that 90s cast is really great in general anyway. But I think particularly Norm MacDonald had that spirit of he made you feel like he might do anything <laughs> like because yeah. he didn't care like and and if you believe at least the legend like that is why he didn't last on weekend updates because he made too many jokes about oj simpson like he <laughs> you know like he upset the institution of saturday night live and went you know i mean pretty quickly he that's the funny thing too i feel like people don't remember before him you could be a cast member and do weekend update but yeah. he it wasn't like they were like, Norm is going to specialize in Weekend Update. It was just they stopped letting him be in sketches. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It was the best. He, I, uh, man. I remember when, hearing the news that he got fired and we were all like, we all thought, what do you mean? He's the funniest guy in the world. Like, I don't, I, I sit down to watch, you know, like, and, and listen, this isn't, in, in, we would have like parties in high school and it was Saturday night. The party stopped so we could watch Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. And the party didn't start again until after Weekend Update. Then people would kind of like get up and mill about and start partying again with the TV on and whoever wanted to finish watch it did. But you watched, you, you saw, you would see, you know, the musical guest, but you stayed for Norm. I'm watching Norm do Weekend Update before anything else. no. No, um, all all the high school girls that are fawning over me. Not right now. I'm watching Norm <laughs> MacDonald is what I would say. And then that would only make us hotter 
to them, you know? Yeah, because we were sophisticated. Like, you, like this, is, they understand this comedy on a different level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> different that, level. He just would say crack whore and then stare down the barrel of the camera for five minutes. <laughs> but, I mean, I, that was the thing, though, right, is that Norm MacDonald and and also, I mean, it should always be mentioned to Jim Downey, who uh, is a name that doesn't get thrown around enough, but that's who it was just the two of them. Like Jim Downey helped him rate Weekend Update and literally no one else from SNL was involved in the process. It was those two men. But like, yeah, they would write these jokes and Norm seemed like he did not care if you like in a way that I, the only ever person that I ever really hear talked about like that. And I think they're two very different people, but I think in this sense, they are similar is like. Andy Kaufman like of like I don't right. care if you find this funny or not I I think it's funny if it bombs you know or like I like finding out where the line is I think was a lot of his material oh, no absolutely go do yourself a favor now this what I'm about to suggest that our audience watch is a couple hours long um uh, it, but it's worth it because it's on YouTube find norm hosting um the white house correspondence dinner mm -hmm. because he's bombing he's bombing so hard because he's making fun of all the most powerful people in the country and that he's doing it in front of their faces and there's utter silence in the room and as as it gets more quiet and his material gets more personal he starts to laugh harder and harder after his jokes like he would set up the joke hit the joke out of the park and then silence. And he would hear him go. <laughs> 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 because everyone hates him. <laughs> no, I mean, and I mean, and I think that was something I've been thinking about. Maybe you have too. is, you know, I mean, well, let's be honest. You, the, the nineties, while I remember it fondly as, you know, my formative years, so much doesn't, age well from comedy about that time and, and i think norm Absolutely. certainly has a lot of material that has not aged well but one thing that i was thinking about that, that's really fascinating with him is like it doesn't age well a lot of times because of just like he's saying the words crack horror or something like it, right, it's right. literally the language but like he had such an almost like vaudeville approach to comedy that the actual like jokes don't tend you know what i mean it's more we have changed like what you can joke about or like certain things, but it's like, I don't know. His comedy weirdly shines through in a way because he's doing timeless comedy just about things that like, you know, he's wording it a way that you wouldn't word it now, or he's talking about something that maybe you wouldn't talk about now, but the actual way that he's doing jokes feels like, you know, someone doing the cat skills or something. Yeah. <laughs> No, totally totally i you know it was even with his um his later later stuff I, I guess i'm saying most recent stuff he's done he still he if you take it if you just see it on paper if you take words that that norm would say and transcribe them you would think norm mcdonald is a raging homophobe but when you hear him say it and you kind of learn about like learn who he is, you're just like, he's, af he's afraid that someone wants to have sex with him. Anybody. Yes. But they, they, it was never like, I don't like gay people or, um, 
I don't think, you know, homosexuals are welcome in our society. It was like, oh, no, someone's going to have sex with me. <laughs> ah! Well, it's also, I mean, like, two two things just came to mind, too. Two clips that I, I've been, just as I've been rewatching stuff of his, is one, there's an interview that he does with Conan where he's talking about his memoir, his fictional memoir that is not a real memoir, but, like... Yeah, uh, it's it's a piece of fiction, but it's called a memoir. But he's talking about that. And then he's saying like what he would put in it if it were a real memoir. And Sakona's like, yeah, so what would you actually say? And he's like, well, I don't know. Maybe I would talk about the fact that, you know, I'm a closeted gay man. And Kona goes, you're a gay man? And he's like, no, because I'm closeted. <laughs> like that was the, like that's he did, the, he did that with Larry King too. And it, it, Larry didn't know what to do with it. I mean, he was, he was so confused. Are you? Are you saying you're a gay man? And he's saying, no, I'm not. I would never say that. I'm closeted. Yeah, but, that's, but if you're closeted, that means you're gay. Oh God, Larry, you gotta stop. I, I'm, I, I'm not gay. I'm in the closet. Yeah. I also because the other thing I was gonna say too that I saw is I watched his uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, and I'd never watched that before. But he was talking about his son, and he was saying. That, you know, my son is like off when he was off in college, you know, like you want to be really as a father, you want to make sure that you're supportive and you don't know if your kid is going to be gay, but you want to try to make sure that they know that if they are, that you're okay with it. And he was like, so, so I really just try to like pepper it into conversation, like talking about like gay things or like just, you know, gay people, uh, you know, that they're, they're great and wonderful. And I'm just trying to say it all the time. And he's like, but now I'm starting to think that my son thinks I'm gay. <laughs> like, <it's> just... <laughs> but it was like that. It, it took yeah. up like a lot of real estate in his mind for some reason. I, I don't know why. <laughs> But yeah, so it, it's that kind of stuff where, yeah, like it's again, it's just that, yeah, I I think he was pushing boundaries. And again, I think a lot of it uh, does not hold up well. And even his recent stuff sometimes, you know, didn't land, a, a, you know, seemed maybe out of touch with comedy today kind of. Sure. But like, sure. and you know, and I think as time as time went on and thankfully, I mean, it took long enough, but it, it thankfully, um it's it stopped being funny and not because it was a sensitive issue but because like i don't know like fucking these are gay people all around us so like you know it's not really i don't know it's not really a, a funny thing to talk about anymore because they're just it's like talking about people who smoke cigars now like it this they just exist who cares and um uh and he would but he still wanted to whatever Whatever it was, remember, remember when we went to see him and there was a, a problem with our tickets because the, um, the guy who bought the tickets, they were under his name and there was a person with the exact same name that had also reserved tickets. So they stuck us in the very front, not even the front row. We were at the foot of the stage. Yes. You know? Yeah. We could have like kicked our feet up on the stage. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And at one point, um, Norm said, something um something he made a joke about michelle obama and the the room kind of went like oh as if to say we like her yeah <laughs> and he goes what what and then looked down there was no mistaking it because he was five feet from me looked looked me dead in the eye i was like 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 can i do that <laughs> I, like, I don't fucking know 
and then 10 minutes on Michelle Obama. Which, to be clear, was mostly about, like, how buff her arms were. Yes, how buff her arms were. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, he was definitely a strange guy, but also, I am, I'm very glad that we got to see him live. Like, that, that is a memory that I yes, treasure. Indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, perhaps... <laughs> Uh, something else that I, I don't want this show to go by without mentioning is I have to bring up maybe the most enduring bit of Norm MacDonald comedy that I continue to bother you with, yeah. which is, uh, and maybe you can help me because I was trying to remember exactly the timeline of when I made you watch this, but I for sure oh, forced yeah. you to watch Dennis Miller's millennium special which i am not i've never in my life been a fan of dennis miller but i knew we were both no. fans of norm mcdonald and for some reason i had watched it and i was like you have to watch the norm mcdonald parts and you of were right special. i did have to watch that because yeah. that increased the number of people who find that hilarious to four yeah yeah so so there's a bit because i have a clip that i am going to share because now all of you are going to be in on the joke Are you that play the whole thing this thing's like fucking no, 20 minutes or something no, no, no. i'm just gonna play one <laughs> one small snippet but okay. yeah you can find there now at the time it was not on youtube we literally watched the entire special just to watch norm mcdonald uh mm -hmm. but but the way it worked it was a millennium special he was reviewing like the last hundred years and then so dennis miller would like go to each like era and he would do a monologue where he would talk about like i was trying to get here and uh, just use a bunch of lingo of the time of like, you know, whatever. Yeah, they, he would dress in like period costume and then talk about the uh, the events of that particular decade or whatever. And make so you do that and then he would invite his guest on for the show. That was always Norm MacDonald, who was always also talking about something of the time. But I'm not going to give it away. But from this one clip, you will understand the bit that he does in this clip was all that he did every single interview. Uh, but yeah, so so here you go. So Norm, I hear you just got back from New York City. What's happening in Gotham? Oh my God, well the big thing is the new Empire State Building. Have you seen this? I've heard, I have not seen yet. Oh, it's crazy. What I'm interested in is the original architect's blueprint, you know? Yes. It called for the building to be painted flesh tone, Dennis, with a large rounded head so the architect could lie on the street and pretend he had a thousand-foot cock. <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright, more like Frank Lloyd Cock. That was it. That was the end. Every time you just come out and find a reason to say cock over and over. Including at the end where he's wearing a, like a giant penis on his head. He's dressed... In a like tinfoil suit. They're supposed to be in the in the future. Yeah. They're supposed to be in the future. He's wearing a tinfoil suit and he's talking about how we're growing hydroponic cock on the dark side of the moon. And then uh -huh. goes, That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. That's just my opinion could be wrong. And that's after at one point he really does just he goes, cock. <laughs> yeah. It's but that's wonderful. it. So look, I I don't know how that landed for you. I have found it so silly and funny, but also my entire life, because I made you watch that anytime anything with Frank Lloyd Wright comes up, I take a photo of it and I text it to you. Like, just, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's great every single time. Remember how many texts you got from me when I went to uh, Falling Water? 
went to visit Fogwater because I really wanted to see that um, Frank Lloyd Wright architecture. But man, did you get some texts? <laughs> well, also, do you remember the one? Because the one that really cracked me up too. Because then obviously, like Molly now knows of this joke and is in on this joke, so she's number five of people in the world who have ever found this funny. But like, she and I were watching something that had like a design of a building by Frank Lloyd Wright that looked like a cock. Like it did actually. <laughs> That's right. Built, right. like did. that was the but yeah so that has been uh just a delightful endless source of joy yes my god <laughs> for something that i it probably he didn't remember he did or he'd probably say oh yeah that was a uh, pretty fucking stupid <laughs> why did you like that i don't know <laughs> you like that you just said cock <laughs> yeah but i i don't know like the that was delightful i do are you done do you want one more Norm McDonald clip. Oh, give me the clip. This is the one. This is the one everybody knows, but I I felt like I we could not well, and also the one at the top, obviously, and I could listen to the uh I'm hearing it everywhere. I went to I went to the bar yesterday, um, our regular bar that we go to to watch the watch the Orioles lose on television. And um fuck gave up twenty two runs to Toronto. Twenty two. That's a lot. Anyways, fuck me. So, um, but the, you know, the news had just landed um, and the guys behind the bar were like, um, they had written on their blackboard, um, RIP Norm. I'd say you guys are fans. He was like, oh yeah, we were talking about it. They said, um, oh, uh, did you ever see, did you ever see that clip of him on Conan with, with Courtney Thorne Smith? And I said, oh, do have I seen one of the funniest things that's ever happened on American <laughs> television? Yeah, I've seen it. I've fucking seen it, man. <laughs> it's just that clip. And I'm so glad because uh, it seems like Conan must have re up like because he's been sharing a bunch of clips from the old shows and stuff. I saw that like there's actually now a good like Team Coco YouTube channel version of it because I have watched that clip with bad audio and pixelated video uh, oh, more times. But like they they finally released a good one. So if you've never seen it, there's never been a better time. But uh, no, it's just I think that is I think one. I mean, it's just hilarious. But two, I think that does capture the what is Norm Macdonald because like he's being terrible to a person who's there to promote a project. But like that he doesn't that he doesn't know he doesn't know her. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Friends. He's just being a dick. <laughs> he's just being a dick. But the thing is, he's being a dick in a way that she is actually laughing at. <laughs> like, she's, and you can t- and you can tell that she's trying not to because it's like you're being a dickhead, but you can't help but laugh. And I think that's how Norm got away with being a jackass is because he it was funny. Yes. you know what I mean. Like something is only offensive if it's not actually funny. Right. You know. But yeah, so he, it's just the the beats of that, of like, so she's trying to sell the fact that she's leaving Melrose Place to do chairman of the board, which as we all know now is like a, you know, pretty infamous flop of a movie. Like it's, it is a doomed to fail movie, but she's trying to promote it. She's trying to promote Carrot Top as sexy and she invokes nine and a half weeks. So he says nine and a half seconds. And then like conan's just trying to move the interview along and then you know does like the whole uh what's it called and then norm just butting into me uh i i know what it's called (laughs) and then so he so he does that and then he he resets it because he's a professional and he does the like well if carrot tops in it 
uh, box office poison. So he uh-huh. does that, which is already. <laughs> but like, I think what kills me every single time is all of that is great. Conan still tries to rebound, tries to save the interview and then is like, you know, in this movie, uh, you know, title unknown. And she goes chairman of the board. And for some reason I that I don't understand why Conan goes do something with that, which is the like most just lobbying a softball <laughs> at Norm uh-huh. McDonald, who's he already been crushing it that. out. Yeah, he's already been hitting nothing but home runs, and now you're just lobbing like a pitch to him. Yeah, you're you're about you're trying so hard to throw to commercial, and you're gonna give him that. You're actually gonna <laughs> give him permission to take some time to to do something with that. And he just yeah, like perfect, like immaculate timing on that of just like he had yep. it. He imme- and if you, and get- if you look hard enough, he's he's not completely in the frame, but this entire time, um, uh, Andy is like red faced. It looks like he's about to be sick, like he's going to yeah. throw up from laughing so hard. Well, that's the thing is like everybody is finding it. Fu- and again, I think that is Norm Macdonald. And I think that's what I was trying to get at with him on SNL is like what he's doing is probably upset people. It probably upset the studio. Like it, it's not how if you're promoting this movie, it's not how you want her interview to go but everybody there knows it's funny like it's just yeah and by the way do you think any of us any of us would remember this stupid fucking movie exists without norm mcdonald on conan that night probably not goddamn way are you kidding me yeah and it's also yeah like i don't think the 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 other thing too is i don't think the interview is going well before that like i actually do think he saves that interview because like how are you going to do a whole interview talking about a carrot top movie that everybody knows is going to be bad because like right before the part that we played is conan talking about how his props and she says something about like well he doesn't have props in the movie and conan's like that's a bad time uh-huh. <laughs> to take away props like yeah yeah be, you, oh you're that's why people like you and think you're funny well no yeah so it's i mean the whole but yeah i molly pointed it out too when we were watching that that i think it's like Norm kind of suckers you because he is so laid back and his delivery is so nonchalant of how quick he actually is like his his comedy mind is firing like he's immediately ready to say like he's but you don't like it's still he kind of like lulls you in because every single one of those times it's almost like you would expect. Like when he first, like the first one, the nine and a half seconds, you don't even like he's already been a guest. He's just sitting there. He doesn't have to even be listening, but he is. And he found something funny and then he just hits it, you know, and he hits it and people laugh. But he thought, yeah, but now I have a chance to say premature ejaculation. So I'm I'm doing that. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. No, it's it is great. But I so sorry. As I said all that, because there is one other uh, because. Also, man, Norm Macdonald, one of the greatest talk show guests of all time. But there's another Conan clip that has been going around, too. But, you know, I I still think if people haven't heard it, uh, this one is also great. So. The driver we sent to pick you up told you a joke. Yeah. And you're going to tell it now on the show. Yeah, that's how I get a lot of my material. (laughs) Okay. Why don't we just have him on next time? Uh, That guy. (laughs) Yeah, that guy. Now, wait till you hear me do it. <laughs> so the guy, he goes, uh, uh-huh. he, uh, I say, uh, I'll be the guy. Okay. Uh, a moth, <laughs> a moth goes into a podiatrist's office. A moth goes into a podiatrist's office. Right. You are correct. 
a moth goes into a podiatrist's office, mm -hmm. and uh, the podiatrist's office says, what's the problem? And the moth says, what's the problem? Where do I begin, man? He goes, I go to work for uh, Gregory Olinovich, and uh, all day long I work. Honestly, Doc, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I don't even know if Gregory Olinovich knows. He only knows that he has power over me, and that seems to bring him happiness. But I don't know. I wake up in a malaise, and I, I walk here and there. And the podiatrist says, oh, yeah? And the moth goes, yes. And he goes, uh, at night, I, I sometimes wake up, and I turn to some old lady in my bed that's on my arm. A lady that I once loved, Doc. I don't know where to turn to. My youngest, Alexandria. She, she fell in the, in, the, in the cold of last year. The cold took her down, as it did many of us. And my other boy. And this is the hardest pill to swallow, Doc. My other boy. Gregario <laughs> Ivanilidovich. I no longer love him. <laughs> as much as it pains me to say, when I look in his eyes, all I see is the same cowardice that I, that I catch when I take a glimpse of my own face in the mirror. If only the cowardice was stronger, then perhaps... Perhaps I could bring myself to reach over to that cocked and loaded gun that lays on the bedside behind me. And in this hellish facade once How long all, a drive was this? <laughs> do you live in the valley? Where do you live? Please, sorry. He says, Doc. Sometimes I feel like a spider, even though I'm a moth just barely hanging on to my web with an everlasting fire underneath me, I'm not feeling good. And so the, moss, the, the doctor says, Moth, man, you're troubled. But you should be seeing a psychiatrist. Why on earth did you come here? And then the moth said, because the light was on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again... He's probably, he's probably one of the only guys working that could have wasted everybody's time and got that ovation. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's amazing for a number of reasons. One, he devoted that was like the entire segment. That's your whole time on a talk show just to do that joke. And then Conan undercuts it like, you know, of Conan kind of sensing how long it's going on, does the like, how long was the ride, which is very funny, but it's like, absolutely. I think a lot of people that would have that would have derailed it like that would have yeah. gotten the laugh. But then Norm, because he's him, resets the joke. He reintroduces he that it's a moth. He is yeah. unfazed by Conan's comment. And then he just like sets it up enough again to rebuild the momentum to hit the punchline that seriously is like, that is a joke. My grandfather would have told me <laughs> like it is such. Yeah, totally. And we would have seen it coming a mile away and would have groaned when he said it. 
you yeah. know, but, but just like, ah, God, grandpa's a goofball, whatever. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. Norm does it. And we're, you co- comedy genius. Yeah, because well, again, it, <laughs> and I the think way he it, does it, you know? Yeah. Well, because again, it's it's sort of if, if people have seen the aristocrats, the documentary, like it's it's that of like the joke doesn't even matter at that point. It's right. just how they're all Russian. <laughs> like, yeah. first of all, listen to the language he's using. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they're all Russian. Like, they're just, you know, the amount of detail, the amount. Like, again, the point is, like, the joke is this, you know, a moth goes into a podiatrist's office and says, my life is terrible. The podiatrist says, why are you telling me? Why aren't you telling a psychiatrist? And he goes, because the light was on. That's the joke. That's That's every piece you need. He spends five minutes spinning that my life is terrible part. He's got he's got this moth reaching Reaching behind his bed for a cocked and loaded gun so he can end the, this hellish well, facade. Well, that that's also that comes right after the admission that the moth's son is a coward who reminds him of himself. And Man. that's why he just dis- like it's a tragedy. He's writing. He's writing Tolstoy. Like, yeah, no, totally, totally. Yeah. So that he can do this setup like he's. You know, I mean, no, it's yeah. just, it's all in how much it's the, like, you know, again, that's such a cliche, but it's the journey of just building that joke. Totally. Yeah. He told this other one on Conan. Um, I think this might've been, there was that one. Cause he got two segments on Conan that night because he was like, he had the flu. <laughs> so he was, he had a fever and he was on all this cold medicine and he was hilarious. <laughs> Cause yeah. it's, like you said, Nothing stops his comedy mind from working. Like, it yeah. is firing, but there's getting something lost between his brain and his mouth. And it's really, <laughs> really funny. But he was told this story about being at an event with um, with Larry Flint. And they they got kind of friendly. They had been talking that night. And he said, um, he goes, uh, Larry Flint says, if you ever if you ever come out to uh, to Los Angeles, let me know and I'll take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> and Norm's like, well, if. Like if my uncle said that, I would think like you know, give me a you know a you know a warm bed to spend the night in, or like a chicken pot pie or something. But I'm afraid, uh, Larry Flint's gonna make me have sex with someone. <laughs> and again, in the middle, he's gonna wheel his chair and go. <laughs> which also again speaks to what you were saying before: going to make me have sex with someone. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna, I'm gonna have to have sex with someone. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was like, you know what I always remember about Norm Macdonald, too? Because it was a really great, I think it was like the New York Times or something. Someone did an article like in recent history that was like just a profile of like trying to, because I mean, that's the thing with Norm, too, is like he, he did these talk show appearances. He, he did a lot of stuff, but he was like intensely private to the point that, yeah, like when when we all found out that he died, it was like he died after a nine year battle with cancer that he yeah, uh, you know, didn't talk about. He didn't he didn't talk about his life. It was easy. Like I knew that he had a son, but like I would kind of forget it sometimes because, again, he just right. never talked about his personal life. Um, but I, I remember that someone someone had a lofty goal of like, I'm going to do the profile on him. I'm going to find. Like, I'm going to talk to him and I'm really going to do it. And it was a really good, you know, New York Times or whoever it was piece. But I, I, what always stuck with me from that is him talking about how 
he always gets invited to Hollywood parties, you know, and he he said, I think it was even David Spade specifically was someone that he mentioned as like, he'll, he regularly calls me up. Like people are always calling me up and are like, you should go to this party. You should do whatever. And he's like, I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, I don't want to go to any of this stuff, yeah. but sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll beg, you know, they'll ask me enough or they'll wear me down and I'll end up going. And he's like, every time I go to one of those Hollywood parties, I end up getting work from it. I end up meeting. So like I talked to someone at the party, they have a project, they ask me to do that. And he's like, and I know that if I just, if I went every time David Spade invited me, I'd work a lot more and I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I should for my career, but I'm, I'm good. I think I read that one. Is that the one where the, he described Norm, like Norm had like an apartment by the airport. Yeah. And he was basically just in his easy chair all day watching sports and betting on sports online. Yeah. And that was pretty much his, his day to day operation. Yes. Yeah. Which that man loved to gamble. <laughs> oh man. The sports book. Does yeah. he love the sports book? That's, that's the thing, too, is when he would pop up every once in a while in the social co consciousness of everyone or the, the zeitgeist, if you will, um, because of something, quote unquote, controversial that he said when he, you know, his his act hasn't changed in a few decades now. I mean, that's just that's his take on things, you know, and it was um, he. Norm didn't care about anything except like the people he loved and sports. And that was it. It wasn't that he, you know, when he would make, um, I don't know when he would make like uh chauvinist jokes and you would say he's anti woman. Well, he's, he's not anti anything, but he's also not pro anything. He's just going for the joke. That's, yeah. that's all he wants is to get laughs out of something he says or writes. So he's not, he's not really, he, if you find that politically controversial, I don't know what to tell you because the man is not political. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And well, I think that's the other thing, too, is like he would sometimes like I think part of why he maybe he didn't want people to know too much about his personal life is he loved to play with it. I think that's why he wrote a memoir, too, where like his memoir was fictional and it was honestly just a novel that he wrote where he was a character in it. But right. I think it's because he liked he liked to, I think, be a blank slate for whatever. Because I literally, I watched one, again, he did a whole thing about how he was a closeted gay man. There's another segment with Conan where he's talking about his battle axe wife. And he's just doing it to do, like, again, old material from, like, you know, decades ago about, like, oh, my, like, Rodney Dangerfield-esque, my wife. Right. And he's right, also right. just calling her a battle axe, which is, the other thing we haven't talked much about is... Norm Macdonald's affinity for just completely outdated lingo. <laughs> His old timey language. Yeah. You know, I once heard him, he ate some spicy food and he goes, oh, that's hotter than a $2 pistol. That's in the, that's in the, the comedians in cars. Like, Is that just, what it was? Yeah. Because yeah. I remember thinking, you know, it's this 2015. What do you mean <laughs> hotter than a $2 pistol? <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Just of like the, like old timey speak. Like, he sounds like a prospector. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there was that. I think it. They, what I was about to say. Um, I don't remember what I was about to say. Because now I. I'm ha whatever you had, Murphy, you've given to me now. Because I can remember no one's name. Um, 
It's called oh, getting old. Was... We're getting old. <laughs> Who said that? Uh, it was that uh, Rob Schneider movie, The Animal, which you're, is not going to make you laugh until Norm Macdonald shows up at the end in the crowd when there, you know, there is a mob formed and they're going to go find this like animal human hybrid. And he asks, um, uh, uh, when do we light our torches? And, um, oh, yeah. And he says, well, when we, when we find him and he goes, okay, Hey, Hey, hey another question. What if, uh, you know, hypothetically, someone has already lit their torch and he holds up a lit torch and he just keeps asking questions. And it's seriously the I mean, for me, anyway, the only laughs in that movie. Yeah, I Norm, it's really funny, again, to sort of speaking to the fact that he didn't seem like he wanted to work all that much, like when he did pop up and stuff, because like, again, he's not even in the movie Billy Madison that much, but he really cracks me up in that movie and is very norm in that movie like i love the the part of billy madison where they're watching the footage and it's like you know the this son of a you know millionaire like you know has been caught in the scandal like the news is like tell you know the this whole thing about but and he's just like maybe maybe they're talking about someone else like it's just <laughs> like so specific to the plot like <laughs> wait want to give that want to give that horse a bunch of beer get it all messed up <laughs> all right well i'm gonna go put some beer in a bucket <laughs> yeah i mean just god bless him also yeah. man I, the, the i so i rewatched dirty work last night that was my which is oh man if you've never seen dirty work there is it doesn't it, it definitely it doesn't age well in a lot of ways but like uh-huh. man that movie makes me laugh very hard yes and it it's really just yeah yeah one of the, one of those rare guys it I, when we were talking before the show um i said to you man i would like to i would have liked to see uh him do more work like he had but he still had so many years of left left of content in him and that's kind of a drag but honestly i'm not going to i i really don't feel bad because he he doesn't give a fuck like Norm Macdonald never gave a shit about living or dying. I, I well, can't say like, not like on an inhuman level of like, I don't care if I die or not, but he was just like, he didn't care if like, he didn't care if other people die. Like, I don't know, you live and you die. Arr. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I think all the things we liked about him are also all the reasons like that. Yeah. This kind of lands the way that it does. Of just like, he was a guy who was pretty fearless, who just, I don't know, like, lived a pretty like someone who you know was comfortable to go away when they when he wanted to but then could pop in at any minute with the funniest thing that you've ever heard in your entire life just like like almost like not that you would like for you know forget about norm because again i was constantly texting you frank lloyd Wright and and vice versa but like you didn't like forget about him forget about him but like he would just show up somewhere like he would show up on conan or he you know like he'd show up on letterman's last show or something and it's just like with again, like a a bit that just really would crack you up. If you've never seen the the last Letterman appearance, like in addition to one watching him tear up and also watching him tell a joke that Letterman told him, which is all very sweet. But also within that is he does a whole thing about like Germany 
where he's talking about how it's the only country he's afraid of because, you know, they they went to war and it was like, who do we want to go to war with? The world. The world. Yeah, that was in his special. I think that's on Netflix. It's called Hitler's Dog. Yeah. And he d- devotes a good portion of this special that came out in the 21st century joking about World War II. Mm-hmm. But it's good. Like, it's, it's, it's somehow- hilarious. And again, World War II, a thing that, yeah, is not timely. And also, as we've talked about on this show, there are way too many just like movies. Like we've covered World War II. You would think there isn't anything funny to mine out of World War II at this point. But yet, yeah, the way that he talked about it was just really hilarious of just the idea of like how wild it was that they went to war with the world and then twice twice, and and that it was close. (laughs) (laughs) yeah no really great bit he norm mcdonald was great and and i think that's what the nice thing is if you were a fan if you're not a fan of norm mcdonald i don't know why you've listened to this whole show but maybe something made you laugh but what's nice about thinking about him is that i haven't been sad that he died just because what i do is then i watch youtube clips of norm mcdonald and i laugh like like i think he is someone who it's he yeah it's there like the material is always going to be there to crack you up you know so like you it's kind of similar to to like that's in a way like i mean i was you know younger like a lot younger when when farley died but i feel the same way you know where it's like oh man if you ever get sad that chris farley has died just watch chris farley and watch Chris Farley in Dirty Work, which is also great and only works because it's Chris Farley. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, <clears throat> it was a couple, maybe three years ago now. He, uh, he had, you know, he's done talk shows in several iterations. You know, there was like a, an online show and then there was like a Canadian cable show. Um, and he did a podcast for a while. And then he... Um, this talk show format of his hit Netflix, I thought awesome. So, um, who's he have on there? Oh, this makes sense. Yeah, Chevy Chase, Michael Keaton, David Letterman, Jane Fonda, <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> hmm. V- J- Judge Judy. What, what? What is this show, Norm? Like, what is this show? And then I, of course, I watch it in its entirety, and it's fucking hysterical like you made judge judy hilarious <laughs> well it's also is that the same one i think that's the same show because like you said he had a few different talk shows but i i remember watching one of the, his shows where it was he his first get the very first episode was david spade mm-hmm. and he spent the whole time convincing david spade that they hadn't started filming yet yep <laughs> yep they hadn't started filming yet and then at the by the end of it david spade goes this is a practice show isn't it like you're not even going to air this this is a practice show so you can get your feet under you or something this is such bullshit <laughs> but yeah no that really cracked you god no he just yeah man like that guy like his why i think that's it is like it is again i i feel yeah it's it's you know i i feel okay with it overall but man just Truly an original voice and somehow an original voice while still doing, you know, 1920s comedy. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, we don't. You know, you say this about a lot of artists and it's true for a lot of artists, but I think it is 
it, it doesn't get truer with Norm Macdonald, the sense of we only we're only getting one of these. Yeah. You know, at least for this generation, certainly, but probably several, several to come. I, I don't see us getting another Norm. No. Yeah. And so, of course, we spent an hour trying to say something uh, about Norm. But what I should have let off with is the fact that Norm Macdonald, of course, provided the perfect, uh, you know, just summation of his own career, uh, which is how I'm going to end the show this week is by playing one last thing by Norm. Uh, which is from his memoir, which is great if you've never read it, but I found the audio version so you can actually hear Norm saying it. Um, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to be out on that. So this is going to do it for us. Uh, don't forget, don't forget to hit us up. Two, one, three, seven, seven, zero, seven, two, four, one. That's the hobo hotline. Call and say, what that? that's still no, cool, right? But no Jonathan's. Oh yeah. 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 You, no. Our cup overfloweth with Jonathan's. And remember, fuck the flesh. Shut up and call the lawyer. There is the way things are, and then the way things appear. And it is the way things appear, even when false, that is often the truest. If I am remembered, it will always be by the four years I spent at Saturday Night Live, and maybe even more than that, by the events surrounding my departure from that show. As long as SNL exists... And so do I. When people come to see me do stand-up, it is because somewhere in their memory I live on SNL, dressed as a young Burt Reynolds, insisting Alex Trebek refer to me as Turd Ferguson. And they come to see me. And I am old and fat. And I don't mention SNL. And I do my answering machine joke. And they are happily disappointed. After the show, they stand beside me and take pictures, the way you would with a donkey at the side of a road. They tell me they're big fans, and they don't care what their girlfriends say. They understand me, even though they know good and well that nobody else does. I'm dry, they say. The next time I come to their town, they don't show up. It can be difficult to define yourself by something that happened so long ago and has gone forever. It's like a fellow at the end of the bar telling no one in particular about the silver medal he won in high school track, the one he still wears around his neck. The only thing an old man can tell a young man is that it goes fast, real fast. And if you're not careful, it's too late. Of course, the young man will never understand this truth. But looking back now, I can see that my life since SNL has been a full sprint, trying with all my might to outrun the wolves of irrelevancy, snapping at my heels. It has all been in vain, of course. They caught and devoured me years ago. But not completely. Lorne would see to that. My foot would still make a vague imprint. Myself would still cast a faint shadow. And years later, I would write a book. And not only write it, but be in it as well. I think a lot of people feel sorry for you if you were on SNL and emerged from the show anything less than a superstar. They assume you must be bitter. <laughs> but it is impossible for me to be bitter. I've been lucky. 
If I had to sum up my whole life, I guess those are the words I would choose, all right. When I was a boy, I was sure I'd never make it past Moose Creek, Ontario, Canada. But I've been all over this world, except for Europe, Asia, Australia, Africa, and South America. Oh, and Antarctica. But that's really splitting hairs. I mean, how many people have been to Antarctica? I never expected to be any more than a common laborer, and I would have considered myself lucky to have achieved that. But I was blessed with so much more. I'm a stand-up comedian, and have been for over a quarter of a century. I've performed thousands of hours, from a small club in Ottawa, Ontario, all the way to a small club in Edmonton, Alberta. Sometimes I get big laughs and think I'm the best stand-up in the whole world. And other times I bomb, and I think I'm not even in the top five. Before I was famous, I had a whole bunch of jobs where all I needed was boots. People would look right past me. Or if they did look at me, it was with a mean look. But when I got famous, people would look at me and smile and wonder where they knew me from. If they flat out recognized me, they'd laugh and dance like they'd won a prize, and I'd just stand there and smile and feel warmth from their love. So the fame made the world, which is a real cold place, a little less cold. And as for my gambling, it's true, I lost it all a few times. But that's because I always took the long shot. And it never came in. But I still have some time before I cross that river. And if you're at the table and you're rolling them bones and there's no money in playing it safe, you have to take all your chips and put them on double six and watch as every eye goes to you and then to those red dice doing their wild dance and freezing time before finding the cruel green felt. <laughs> I've been lucky. Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey guys, it's Sean. And Carter. From Potato. Salad. Marmalade. Eight. Eight. Aid. Aid. Potato Aid. salad marmalade. Another podcast here on the Peak Sloth Network. Check it out.